Hi there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Jamie Hampton, and I am really excited today to get to be here with Patricia Souza Holbrook. She's a new friend that I met through the Spark Network. In case you didn't know, Praying Christian Women is part of the Spark Network of podcasters. And so that's how um, how we kind of got connected. Patricia is an author and podcaster and faith columnist for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the largest newspaper in the South that reaches 2.3 million readers in Georgia, Alabama, and north of Florida. She's a guest writer for Christian magazines and blogs. She's a content contributor for iDisciple, the app engaging more than 160,000 subscribers daily around the globe. And I just can't wait to get into this conversation to talk about your book, your podcast, and just all the exciting new things that are happening in your ministry. So Patricia, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Well, before we get started talking about all the the good stuff, we like to ask all of our guests what your favorite prayer closet is. So I have that in quotes. Where do you go to feel close to God? It doesn't have to be a place or a room. It could be anything off the wall or completely traditional. <laughs> yes, I know. Well, I do have a traditional play, prayer closet in my my home. And I started actually my uh, other home that we lived. We lived for 20 years at a small home. And I ended up emptying like a closet that was under the stairs. And I kind of had yes. to crawl in there and I made it I, I I colored it, um, painted it sunshine yellow, <laughs> and, and that was my first prayer closet ever. And then here, when we moved to this house, it's a little bigger house, and we actually have a a true little room that's very tiny. But we made me and my husband made that our prayer closet. But I have to say that um, ever s- starting last year, uh, I live in this. Uh, neighborhood that has some woods around it it's like a trail Mm -hmm. and I started taking my closet outside uh, and I absolutely have found a new love for just you know because it's just very quiet there's hardly anybody when I go walk here in the mornings and just to pray in nature it really is incredible to me it's always been but I've never made it like a, a daily walk slash what prayer walk uh like i have been since last year so i love to pray in nature and outside so i love that too i love that you have both both ends of the spectrum you had the literal prayer closet so was it did you actually literally have to be on your knees when you were in the one that was (laughs) under the stairs Yes, I mean, I mean, you could sit down, of course, right? But it, right. it was, like, you know, those stairs, right? And it has oh, yeah, closet. we have a little it's, closet like that. Yes, too. it was. It was, and that's a really a great idea for people who have homes like our home before was yeah. small, so we could no, we really didn't have a place. So I used to be that I, I would pray when I wanted to go pray in a closet. I'd literally go to my walk-in closet. But it was too small and sometimes messy. Right, <laughs> so, too so much stuff. I, Yes. So I, uh, you know, we had this junk closet that you know, at a point in time, I told my husband, there's nothing here that we cannot either put somewhere else or get rid of. And we literally went through this project and empty it. And uh, we just, there were some shelving. So we got rid of the shelving and just put my Bibles on the floor. And, and that's, that's where I went to And I, gosh, 
I just had the most incredible moments in the little bitty space. So. I love that. And so did you say that you and your husband in the new house that you guys, this is your combined prayer closet? You, do you yes. share it? Yes. So do you we... take turns or do you guys often go there together? Well, so what happens usually my husband wakes up a little earlier than me. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> by the time I get there, he's done. So, you know, usually, usually, and if, if by any chance we are, we wake up together, then I just come here to my office and there's that chair over there and that's where I, I pray. So I love that. Yeah. That's great. No, yeah. I'm, I'm with you with the being outside is also so great. There's something definitely nice about being in an enclosed space, but, but walking through nature and just that act of walking. And I think it just helps our thought process and kind of helps get the gears turning sometimes, especially if we feel stuck in prayer. Oh gosh. Yes. I and, and I think that there's a part of outside that is just the worship part, you know, when mm. you just start looking yes. at creation and the beauty of God and in the creation, it just, it just takes you to that place of worship, I think in a very special way. So I really love that. I agree. Mm-hmm. Well, you're, I'd like to talk a little bit about your book. It's called 12 Inches, and I love this premise. So can you tell us what the title means and how that pertains to our faith? Yes. So 12 inches is the anatomical distance between the base of your brain and your heart, on the top of your heart. There's some people that will say 18 inches, but my understanding from doctors is that the base to the top is 12 mm-hmm. inches. So, um, you know, what, what happens is, and I, I've been there as a believer you have all of this incredible knowledge of God. Anybody who's been saved for any amount of time, being being at church, listen to music, to you know, um, preaching or read books. We have, and then of course the Word of God. We have all this knowledge of God, but then it seems like every time that something difficult happens in your life, you know, and you you go through a hardship many of us just lose that connection. We know all these things about our amazing God, who he is and who we are, you know, to him and and what he can do for us and all his promises. And then all of a sudden we just, it's like there's a, a loss, a loss in connection. So 12 inches really, it was kind of based in my walk on strengthening my faith, you know, God strengthening my faith, but the process uh, because it is a deliberate decision, you know, you cannot just, faith just doesn't just happen by, I, I say by osmosis, you know, it just, it doesn't just like bling, you wake up one day, like incredible faith, you have to choose to press on through hard times and believing in the word of God. So the book is kind of the process that I went through very, with very difficult situations in my life. Um, and how, what were the things that I realized that was were disconnecting my faith? And then what were the processes that I uh, started, that I installed, let's say, in my day-to-day life in order to be able to keep soaring above life circumstances in, in faith? So that's, that's in a nutshell what 12 Inches is about. I love that. And I, I really appreciate the fact that you kind of did this analytical, you know, an analytical approach to, okay, I know that there is this disconnect sometimes and just kind of 
going through not only why it happens, but how can I put practices in place as safeguards or like preventative measures or restorative measures. So I would love for you to just kind of talk about some of those. Like I picture there are two different groups of women listening right now. There's one group of women who are in a pretty good spot where their brain and their heart are pretty well connected and they're going to need some preventative measures. And then on the other hand, you've got someone listening who probably just came across this by chance and is thinking, I don't even know why I'm listening to this, but God has this here for a reason to help them get back to a relationship with God when that connection has been severed. So could you talk to each group of women and kind of give some you know, is the framework the same for both? Or is it a little bit different? I believe it's the same because I, it, it is as a matter of fact, the last chapter before conclusion is called continuous maintenance, because, mm-hmm. because we do not arrive at a place where nothing at all shakes your faith. There's there's no such thing. You know, mm-hmm. that's uh, it's a it's a lifelong process that where you, you're gonna have to always be kind of I call it an inventory of your your life. Uh and in when I talk when I say inventory, I'm not talking because a lot of times we think about like sin, you know, or just things that maybe and yes, that's of course part of that inventory, but it's not just that. Is the environment is your um like the things that you're deciding to do the your deliberate decisions you know on your day-to-day life because a uh, strong faith doesn't happen just by chance like i've already said and you have to take cert- certain measures uh, none of the great giants of faith got there without going through really hard trials and persevering but they had some spiritual rhythms that took them to that place right so yes it's for the woman you know who is a strong believer uh who um who wants to just know you know what uh, let me just inventory my life and just see if there are things that maybe they need to go maybe some some slight changes that I need to make in my life, you know, to be just to have stronger faith, or to even have a greater impact for the kingdom of God, because there's that part as well, right? Because we're not just called to be saved and go to heaven. That's, you know, that's the, of course, that's the greatest thing that will happen. But we're called here also to serve God, we have a purpose to be here. And, you know, all, all believers do. And so for the woman who is out there and they, yeah, they have strong faith, but they want to know, you know, what's my purpose? Um, How can I just keep, keep soaring above life's circumstances, circumstances, good or bad, and not my faith, not be altered. It's for her. And then, but I, I really believe that it is really a great resource for women who have a hard time handling their emotions. So, you know, I am, I say that I'm a recovering, um, anxious person, you know, I suffer from severe anxiety uh, in my life I have before. And so this book, I believe that if taken into the the right heart, and with the right mindset, uh, not only the book, because I have the Bible study for 12 inches as well. So it's an opportunity for people to literally be um, like meditating and, you know, even discussing in groups if they want uh, on the truth of the book. But also, um, you know, it's a, it's a great way for women to 
really be analyzing their faith walk and what are the things that need to change, the things that they need to incorporate. So I believe it's for both groups for sure. I love that. Well, what would you say if you could, uh, you in the book, you kind of break it up into some of these different categories. What, what would you say are just give us maybe a few of the very, the top barriers that keep us from that abundant living that comes from a connected brain and a heart? Yes. Oh my God. Thank you. I'm so glad that you asked me that question because that definitely has things. And you know, the, the, the hard part about it is that a lot of times we're not even used to it. And, you know, I'm actually, uh, I'm not sorry. I said used to it. I meant to say uh, that we're, we're not even aware of it, you know? Yeah. So I have, uh, you know, I actually am right now, Jamie, um, teaching this, by the Bible study, the 12 inches Bible study uh, for a group of ladies. And uh, a lot of them, that's what they said. They're like, I didn't even realize that these things right. were being an issue in my life. So, so some of the top things, you know, uh, one is like, who, who are you hanging out with? So I talk about in the book, like the, the, when we, when you are hanging out with the wrong crowd, that's the name of, and, you know, and I talk about, it, and sometimes I, and I bring out the fact that, uh, the the sometimes we think about the wrong crowd as the addicts the you know the, the people who are immoral but no sometimes it's the the person the girl right next to you sitting in the next pew yeah. and you know and it, that they have certain things in their lives certain habits or certain the way that they respond to life their influence is negative and it's just bringing you down so i talk about the pessimists i talk about the gossip i talk about you know just the different people the uh, that literally will, the Bible is very clear about this type of company, you know, and it's not necessarily unsaved uh, people. It's people that are right there in your family. Mm -hmm. And that uh, I, I talk about the fact that sometimes they, you just need to distance yourself from them, even if they are somebody that's been in your life for a long time. So I talk about people, I talk about when you are enslaved to your past. This is huge. So many of us, uh, we used past traumas, past experiences, past, you name it, you know, as excuses um, to keep us from having the abundant life. And I call them pet sins, like pet, like a dog <laughs> or whatever, mm -hmm. because some people are so used to the dysfunction that they just cannot open their hands and let, let it go. And they are enslaved to things that Jesus died to set them free from. And so I invite the, the women to really be inventorying those things, looking deep inside in their hearts and see, okay, Yes, you, you did have uh, something traumatic in your past, a relationship that was extreme, but you cannot expect to have the abundant life if you do not leave it in the past. Truth is, so many of us, we say, oh, you know, I forgave, it's in the past, but we keep bringing it up. We keep, you know, um, making that, uh, making excuses for how we behave on account of past traumas, past mistakes. And so my, my invitation is in this book is to leave the past where it belongs, you know? And so these are like just a couple of things that, that I touch, that I talk about. Um, I, one, one powerful uh, chapter is the, the, when you curse your own life, 
And so how many of us bring death instead of life into our own lives? And then I go, um, I go into what the word, the Bible says about our words, about the power of our words. And just, you know, and by the way, I'd like to say that one thing that is very important to me is, um, you know, I'm, I am married to the word of God. I'm very, like many, meaning, meaning uh, it's, my, my whole ministry is about Bible literacy and about just waking the desire in the hearts of women to study the word deeply because it changed my life. So the entire book, you know, is filled with with uh, scriptures. And so it's not my opinion. It's literally the, the concepts that I bring that are based on scriptures. So did that give you a good idea <laughs> it did and i love that i think it's it is so important that that scripture is central because you know there are countless people out there with opinions on things and how to make your life better but i mean or even about how to grow closer to god but scripture is where we find the absolute truth straight from the source and yes. and that is so important and that's what I, I love that about your ministry and that really comes through in your website and the the things that you put out there and i just love that thank you so much so i really i really loved this um i don't know perspective that you had in your book you mentioned that most christians know and quote christ's promise in john 10:10 10, 10, i came that they may have life and have it abundantly but what you point out, which kind of goes back to this, like, let's take all of scripture is that Jesus began this verse with a warning to the church. The enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. And then he goes on to say that I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. So what are what are some common tactics that Satan uses to keep us from abundant blessings that God mm -hmm. has for us? Because, you know, he definitely follows patterns. You know, he's not, uh, there, there's nothing new under the sun. He's got a, a set, uh, I don't know, set resources that he just kind of throws at us. And, and I think that we can start to like, once we become, uh, aware of what he's doing, like you said, some people don't even know many mm -hmm. times that he's even working, but once we become aware, we can recognize these patterns, but what are, what are some common things and ways that he gets to us? Wow, oh, I love that you asked that question, Jamie. You know, I think that so many there's there's this uh, two um, ways of I guess thought in the the Christian church. You know, you have churches who sometimes you feel like they focus so much in the devil that it seems like they're that he is more <laughs> powerful than than Jesus. Right. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah. then there are those that you know absolutely ignore that there is we do have the enemy of our souls that he is alive and well. He knows you very, very well. He's been around for forever. He knows the weakness of every humankind. He knows your weaknesses. And he's going to, whenever you are a believer, he cannot take away your salvation anymore. We know that that's once and done. Jesus died for all of our sins. But he certainly can take away the abundant life from you and your mm. testimony. So that is his ultimate goal for the believer. And we have to be aware that he's always like the lion, as in First Peter, you know, he's like a, a roaring lion just seeking home to devour. 
prowling around and that's what he does and with us christians it can be he he uses people in our lives sometimes uh he sends he knows i heard this one time that he's one of the best fishermen out there he has just the right bait for you right so he you may something you know pornography may not be your thing you're just like i don't i really don't care but there's something else out there that is just the right bait and until you are very aware of what it is and you submit it to god and you ask god to help you to be strengthened in that weak thing the devil's going to use it to just end your your ministry and your abundant life to not to prevent you from being from flourishing and being what God has called you to be. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's one thing is being very aware of people around you, being aware of your weaknesses that you have. And then he loves to whisper lies in your ear. And so the devil, there are just so that is why it's so important to know the truth of God's word yeah. of who you are in Christ, because he loves to whisper in our ears lies of uh, that are very different from what God, how God sees us. And, uh, and we, we just bite the, the, the lies. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, just uh, become very defeated, become sick even, and uh, ineffective because we just believe those lies. So we need the only, I, I say in the book, uh, that God has has a truth antidote for every lie that the devil has out there. You just have to know and handle the word of God to know them. And I present a lot of uh, truth statements, you know, that kind of combat the lies that the devil uh, want to throw at you. So that is so good. And I loved what you said back in the beginning of our conversation about how you never get to a point in your faith where you're mature enough in your faith that it's never going to be shaken by, you know, your, your faith is going to definitely go through difficult times. And I think that one of the lies that Satan throws at us is once we get to a certain point, you know, that we need to be strong enough that, that, oh, well, I should be above this. I should be above questioning God or asking why, or being disappointed when my prayers aren't answered or being upset when I get a diagnosis that I prayed against fervently. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just, I love the freedom that comes with what you said of it's okay when you come to these places, but that's, I think where Satan comes in with these lies you're talking about to keep us in bondage, to keep us from being honest about our struggles, about our, you know, even those sin struggles, when the bait gets dangled and we take it again, you're never going to get to a point of perfection on this planet where you're totally immune to some of Satan's attempts at baiting you. And, and when we fall, it's so important to be honest with that, you know, with God about it and with Mm -hmm. our fellow believers because oh, when we're in the dark, it's that's where he gets us is when we're isolated and where he cuts us off from other believers exactly. and even from feeling worthy of approaching God with confession or with whatever it is. So, yeah, that's exactly right. Yes. yes. And, we, you know, it's it will only end when we're called home. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, a, it's an ongoing uh, struggle. So, yeah, yeah I, I actually um, and I, ha- I have a little uh, story not story but a testimony 
concerning that if, if you if you allow me Oh, yeah. um you know i so i suffered from severe anxiety uh in my early 20s uh it's really one of the reasons i came to jesus i got to the you know the bottom bottom of the well when jesus reached out to me really and so you know i had horrible panic attacks paralyzing panic attacks that put me at the hospital it's just long story of different things that I had gone through uh, until then. And so the Lord started this process, right? I got saved. I was 25 years old. I got saved. I started, of course, treatment with medication as well. But God started really working in my heart, working in just showing himself to me. I was one of those, you know, new believers that was just like in holy fire for Jesus. So I just was oh, take, just taking everything in and wanting more and more of him. And and so I got to a place, right? So I'm this is 25, so 27. I'm I'm already off of medication. I'm doing good. I'm thriving. Married, married my husband. Moved here, and so I started just saying that I, you know, I was completely uh, healed from anxiety. I was healed from anxiety, and. And then uh, 2012 happened, and you know, I, it was a very difficult year where you know um, I had a kidney cancer, and then I was I had surgery to remove the cancer, and then two months after that, uh, my brother-in-law, who was like a brother to me here in America, died in a plane crash, and so we and then we had to um, we I worked full time here in Atlanta, and then we would drive to Chattanooga on the weekends to help my sister-in-law um, because she doesn't didn't have children or anything. So for eight months, we did that. And then about September of that year, I started developing some very weird neurological symptoms. And anyway, I was turned, you know, lost a ton of weight. Um, doctors were just trying to figure out what it was. And come to find out, the doctor said, well, what you're suffering from is just severe anxiety. It's just, it's not coming out as like it used to before as panic attacks. It was just like there were other um, underlying symptoms, but they were all about anxiety. And it was just so hard on me because I was like, you know what you just said? It's like, I thought that this, you know, I had overcome this. I have been healed and God just spoke so clear to my heart you know and the verse uh, where he talked to Paul and he said that Paul came and asked for the thorn in the flesh to be removed and God said that that you know my grace is sufficient to you and just to understand that there may be something in your life that you're going to have to deal with it forever and there will always be an underlying, God is not going to heal you from it on this side of eternity. But one of the reasons that he allows that is so that you are more and more dependent upon him and that you never get to the place where you think, oh, you know, I, I just got this, you know. No, without Jesus, we, 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 don't, we don't have it. It's just we, you know, we, we are a mess without him. And so it was a... A humbling and and at the same time beautiful thing for me, you know, just uh, to realize um, you better be always checking because the devil can use the slightest things or even just circumstances that they're not necessarily the devil didn't do anything. It was just life that exposed that weakness that you just need to embrace it um, and give it to the Lord, you know.
That is such a powerful testimony. I'm so (laughs) glad you shared that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I just this morning read um, a a post on Facebook. Philip Yancey has just like revealed that he was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease Mm. and he was talking about, and I, I, I would love to have the quote because it's really good, but it's something to the effect of, you know, uh, it would be one thing to have it removed and, and just, you know, basically live a life without this thorn in his flesh. Mm -hmm. But he knows that living with grace, living with faith through this is, is going to be a more powerful testimony than it would be if God removed the thorn. Um, Mm. which doesn't mean that God's poking us with thorns all the time, just so we're going to be more effective, but when they do come and, and like you said, we're tempted to shy away, but for you to just be like, you know, just, we need to embrace it. And I think sometimes we want to deny it because I know exactly what you mean when you feel like you've been through with something and you're like, and there's also, I think a degree of maybe wanting to apologize for God. Like I told all these people that I've been delivered from this, but it's like, what are they going to think about you, Lord? What are you thinking? And, but, but to just rest in God's godness and Mm. be okay with that. And, and just remember that even when we don't have any idea why these things are coming and why they're happening, that he is still good and he still knows what he's doing and he promises to be at work in it. But wow. Yeah. What a, what a powerful testimony. Thank you. Well, you know, we have to remember that God is not, you know, he, he is not interested in just healing you. He's interested in the process that he, in who he, he is making you to be. And when you really change the perspective to that, it just changes the way that you see every trial in life. You know, I look back and I'll tell you another thing. It is crucial if you want to actually say, I have the abundant life and I'm victorious is if you are able to get that eternal perspective on your trials, you know, so instead of going like, oh my gosh, you know, Lord, poor me. And just like, which, and I have to say, I have had so many cry sessions, so many, why me, Lord? I mean, that's just normal. I always say this, it's okay to cry. It's okay Mm -hmm. to get desperate even. It's okay even to get angry. What is not okay is to stay there. You know, and a lot of people, they just stay there instead of realizing, you know what? Uh, okay, I had a pity party. And I always say, you know, if you get a little, you, if you have children, you 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 have sent out invitations to parties before. And I give this example, you know, my little kids, when I sent out, when they were little, sent out birthday invitations, there was a time to start and a time to end. You know, you don't say it starts at two and you just stay in as long as you want to. So oh, it's that's so thing, good. You know? <laughs> so it's like you can give yourself a time to have a little pity party, a little, you know, whatever party. But there's a time to say, okay, enough is enough. My God is still my God. He's still on the throne and he is going to work this for my good and his glory. Let me put on those glasses, those eternal glasses mm-hmm. and Lord show me, you know, and sometimes he doesn't show you right away, but I promise you, he will show you in time, you know, because I can look back at every trial in my life and I can see that it's been building my testimony, which has been also built my ministry you know to people who are hurting so i love that about jesus you know he doesn't waste a tear that we shed 
Amen. I am just curious, how would you define abundant life here on earth? What would that look like in in God terms, do you think? Oh, this is so deep, you know, and at the same time, so simple. Jesus is, he said, he is the way, the truth, and the, the truth and the life, right? Mm -hmm. So he is life. Jesus is life. He, uh, there is no true life outside of Christ. There is no true life. You don't know anyone who does not know Lord, the Lord that does, that has the, 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 the lasting joy. They have happiness, but not lasting joy throughout circumstances. And uh, the direction for life, like we do when we are close to the Lord. So the abundant life is the life that is lived close to close to Jesus, close to the Lord. So, uh, you know, however that looks to to one person or the other, there's not really like a recipe other than it's a daily decision to walk with him, you know. And a lot of times, you know, there are days that life is super crazy and you cannot spend an hour in the Bible, but you're still in communion with him. With him. You are still... Um, seeking him and, and listening for directions from him you're also not just that but recognizing that he is in everything gratitude is a huge part of the all the abundant life and when you have a heart that understands that god is directing every step of your life you develop you, you can you have the, the opportunity to deliberately develop a heart of gratitude and say, you know, Lord, I don't see how, but I just know that I know that you are going to walk me through this trial. And I'm going to go ahead and give you thanks because it will be good for me and for your glory. So it's just a life, the abundant life is a life that seeks Christ and that is lived, you know, through his truth. So that's in a nutshell. It's so good. I love that. <laughs> well, if you could have just one takeaway that that women that read your book would come away with, what would it be? Well, you there is abundant life in Christ. You can find it, but don't expect to find for it to just arrive to you. It's it is a deliberate pursuit. I use this expression so much. It's a deliberate pursuit that are certain things that you have to do or stop doing in order to be able to have that abundant life. Don't think that just going to church and listening to music, to Christian music, will give you that abundant life regardless of a circumstance. There's more than that. And Christ expects that it's, you know, a relationship. It's a relationship. It's not uh, a one-sided thing. So God wants to have that relationship with you. It's a two-way street where, yeah, you come and you talk to him and you tell him his issues and then you listen to him and you take in as well. And as you take in, he starts changing you. It just happens, you know. So, yeah, definitely it's a deliberate pursuit. If you want the abundant life, that's the one takeaway. You, you, you're going to have to start doing something, sister. <laughs> some things that you may not be doing <laughs> or just put aside some things that you may be doing. You know, so that, for me, this was crucial in my life. 
because I, you know, again, I came as a, uh, I was, I became a believer. I was 25 years old. So as you can imagine, I had, you know, uh, quite a bit of baggage in my life, you know, a lot of life before Jesus is even as an adult. So there were things when I got saved, that was very hard because my life, you know, was, I was already living. I had my own business. It's just, you know, relationships and stuff. And, um, but you cannot keep on going with Jesus. If you stay on the same place, you just can't. So either you going with Jesus or you stay where you are, either or. There's no, you know, middle ground. Yeah. And that's a good word because I feel like today, I think we've kind of moved out of, you know, I think we're so afraid sometimes in, uh, we're afraid of, of too much legalism that Mm -hmm. I think we've gotten into this kind of trend in modern Christianity, maybe of just, oh, Jesus is there for you, you know, on your terms. And Mm -hmm. while that's absolutely true, your faith, I mean, on this podcast, one of our big messages is pray like you have a relationship that is unique to you. Don't feel like your prayer life or your faith has to look exactly like someone else's. But I think sometimes we stray too far away and it's like, oh, Jesus is there for you when you want him, right? You can tuck him in your pocket and just carry him around with you and go about your life Mm -hmm. where... I think we definitely can't miss the importance of you have to be intentional about cultivating a relationship. Yeah. He's always there, but you're only going to get out of a relationship with God, what you put into it in Mm -hmm. terms of reading scripture, taking scripture in, just having your Bible in your hand or in your, your pocket or your purse. Yeah. It's not going to transform your life. You have to be making time. And I think that is, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. And it's a challenge to walk that balance of no, don't be legalistic. If you miss a day of reading your Bible, don't beat yourself up over it and and Mm -hmm. get far from God. But don't neglect the fact that you Mm -hmm. have a responsibility. So I love that you emphasize that because I think it's important. It is. And you know, again, I'm so glad you said you talked about legalism, because I actually have a whole message that I I've taught before on that, you know, and legalism, like it's the perils of legalism. And it is such a an issue because Jesus was anything but legalistic. You know, yeah. he said that uh, he didn't come. Uh, he came to fulfill the law, the law. Right. No? So he he um, he doesn't want us to be like so. So uh, stuck in our habits in our things that we miss the greater point which is really the relationship with him so but on the other hand like I don't know about you but I'm one person that if I spend like one week without opening my bible I start seeing myself slip into you know old uh, thought patterns you know old uh, habits my mouth is not what it used to be my heart attitude my attitude in general I'm, I, I, I play that I'm addicted to the Bible, but in the sense of like, you know, if I don't have it, I start just slipping away. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I think that uh, that's true. It's, it's the word that keeps us alive in Christ, you know? And so uh, that, that's the importance of that kind of connection is not because you have to, but because it is best and life at its best uh, is lived closer to the Lord. And his word is, 
you know, it's the easiest way for us to actually hear him, right? So anyway, I, I, I certainly believe that you have to make some decisions. And, and likewise with sin or with, you know, uh, lifestyles or, or sin that is blatantly against what the word of God says, you know, Jesus was so clear. There are so many examples. You know, there was this big wave of people now that said Jesus was loved. Jesus, he loved first, and absolutely, he was first love. Otherwise, he wouldn't have come to the to this crazy world, right, to die for us. So, he is first love. But he always loved the people, and then he always ended with saying, "Go, but you know, see no more." right um change your ways mm -hmm. and you don't see any one of the true disciples of christ who remained in their lifestyles none of them did none all of the disciples each one of them they were tax collector collectors he left tax collecting to follow christ you know the fishermen they left fishing. They became fisher, fisher, fisherman. I mean, you can go one by one of the examples that they changed the direction of whatever they were doing to follow Christ. And it's the same thing with sin. You know, he confronted the the woman at the well. He never, you know, she she comes and you know, and he, he literally tells her, "Yeah, you go get your your husband." And she says, "Oh." I don't have a husband. I mean, you're right. You know, you're the one that you're, you've had four husbands before and the one you're married to right now is not even your husband. So it's like, it's a confrontation of the sin. So we cannot forget that. And this is not legalism. This is just the way that Jesus loved, you know, because sin is bad for us. It's just, that's why he confronts us with, with our sin. So. Yeah. And it goes back to what your definition of abundant life is. Uh, abundant life is being connected to the true vine, you know, being connected mm -hmm. to Jesus, having that blood flowing through us to give us abundant life. I mean, that's, that's what it is, pure and simple. And, yeah. and there's joy in that. And I think that when we look at it less as a task or a chore to spend time with God and to pray and to read our Bible and to be in fellowship with other believers, it, it changes and it makes it desirable when we look at it as a privilege, as a joy. And we experience the, the glimpses of heaven that we get when yeah. we connect with God. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we are running out of time. I could talk to you for much longer, but <laughs> I just, I want to get to your podcast and just all the exciting new things that you're doing in your ministry. So can you just tell us a little bit about God Size Stories, your podcast, which I love? Thank you so much. Well, God Size Stories was born uh, kind of, it was uh, during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my ministry had really stopped. And uh, at the same time, you know, I was writing still for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And my column, uh, because the newspaper is so large here in the South, um, my column had called the attention of, uh, already often known through the years of certain like movie producers, you know, like the Kendrick Brothers and different mm -hmm. ones. And, um, and I had interviewed them uh, for my column, but I never did anything with, that with, with with the interview itself so um praying during the the um, 
uh, pandemic, my husband and I were praying. And that was the idea that was born in our hearts was to start a podcast. So that's how God sized stories was born. And it ended up in the, in the beginning, I thought it was going to be a, a podcast more, you know, for any type of God sized story and um, which it is, you know, but so far what has happened is that, you know, all this uh, pu publishers or actually PR agents have found out about the, the podcast and the column. And so God just has blessed me with interviews with some of my favorite authors, you know, and a lot of. And so it's a podcast that right now we the first year you know, just uh, haven't it's not even one year yet. Well, actually, it's one year in April. I just, yeah, I just realized. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, one one year in April. And um, so, you know, I've inter interviewed like Max Lucado, Lisa Turkers, Alice Strobel, Jim Simbala, um, Jim Caviso. I mean, just, you know, of course, and then on the, on the um, faith movie, um, as well, faith movie industry, it also... Uh, some some actors and actresses and stuff so it's just and they are there to kind of tell us about the book that they are uh, but they I always of course talk about their stories and how they came out came up with the subject in the books and the trials they've gone through so it's just a podcast filled with God-sized stories because as you know like most of these people they're just ordinary people who God have you know chosen has chosen to use to bless his kingdom in a mighty way you know and what i've loved about this podcast is that um you know getting to meet some of these people that you see on stages on television and what have you and just to to see their love for jesus and some of them their humble spirit just uh, just blessed me so much, you know, just to see that fame that really didn't grab the hold of their ultimate goal, which is to glorify Christ. So anyway, it's been a blessing. And I I have a, a bunch of awesome, awesome authors, authors that I'm interviewing. And I just got a request to interview Max uh, Locato again for his new book that's coming up in the fall. So yeah, I'm excited about him. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, definitely uh, check out God Size Stories with Patricia Holbrook on anywhere you find podcasts. So right. it's great. Well, tell us a little bit before we leave, just some of the, the new things that you're doing. You're kind of in a shift period with your ministry and your website. So tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, up to this year, uh, Soaring with Him was Patricia Holbrook and starting with him were just one and the same. So in other words, my podcast, my blog, everything was kind of hosted on soaring with him. Well, God has called soaring with him to be more of an outreach ministry. It is a 501c. So, you know, anybody can donate to the ministry. But now we're focusing the heart of my of, of my calling really is Bible literacy and especially to battered women. Um, so, uh, just to bring the hope of Christ to women in shelters and we are, we, we've been working with a, a shelter here in Atlanta that is for women who were victims of uh, sex trafficking or a prostitution or, or they are fleeing from abusive relationships and they're literally, they're literally God using 
the word of God to rebuild this woman's life and on an incredible program. So we're partnering with this shelter and we're bringing Bible studies and Bible literacy and we're distributing Bibles as well through the through the website, through Soaring with Him. And then we have a, a once a year, we have a She Soars Women's Conference, which uh, the motto is uh, God's Women Committed to His Word. So it's a day where we really literally just several speakers and it's all about just uh, encouraging women to live by the word of God. And so the ministry now soaring with him is going to be this three outreach programs, the conference, the shelter ministry and Bible literacy. And with that, uh, and then uh, I now I have launched a website that's patriciahober.com, and that is where my writing is going to be featured, mostly like my columns, my books, uh, courses that I'm writing as well, and then the podcast will be there as well. They are interlinked. Uh, the women who are in the programs that are starting with him, they get everything at the, the Patricia Holbrook for free. So the women in shelter, so any courses that I'm out there, they have access for free. But then this is a different side of uh, my ministry where, you know, I'm also going to have courses for uh, the general population, you know, and, and the podcast is going to be hosted there. And there'll be a little store, the book, and hopefully another book soon. So anyway, that's that's the, the big shift. It's kind of... Uh, changing this too because my website was starting to get very heavy with just way too much information so <laughs> yes i love it well i love it that's growth and growth is good i love that um and where do you like to interact on social media what's your what are your favorite places definitely facebook and instagram uh, i'm very i am also on twitter and linkedin but um you know i'm i'm Mostly on Facebook and Instagram. So, and what is your, uh, what's your at? No, it's at Patricia underscore Holbrook and on Instagram. Okay. And then on, uh, on, the, um, on Facebook, I'm soaring with him, um, ministries, or you can also interact with me as Patricia Holbrook. Um, I have a. A business profile on on Facebook, so you can definitely uh, request to follow me there, and Great. that's where. I put, yes, and then on uh, Twitter, I'm at Pat Holbrook. So, all right. Well, we will tag you on Facebook and Instagram with when when our interview goes live, and um, definitely connect everybody to you that way. So, perfect. And we'll, we'll link to your both of your websites as well. Well, thank, thank you, so you Patricia. It was so great to get to connect with you. And this it's what I love about Spark. Uh, the Spark uh, community is that we get, we have all these different podcasters that we get to kind of interact and um, network and it's, it's yes. very cool. So I'm glad to have um, been introduced to you that way. Well, I was so, so happy that we connected, Jamie. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah. Well, how can we pray for you today? I'm going to close this out in prayer. Yeah, just for this uh, changes in ministry, you know, as God is uh, is a new phase in my life. Uh, and, uh, you know, my kids are grown now. So um, that's where the Lord has given me the green light to start really pursuing this ministry that I've been doing a little part time until then. Uh, you know, it was just full time. And so just a, a lot of changes, of course, um, require 
finances and all of those things that I know nothing can do nothing without money. So, <laughs> you know, so just uh, for provision and wisdom. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you, Patricia. And let's pray. Thank you. God, we just thank you so much for this time together. I thank you for Patricia. Thank you for her testimony. Thank you for her honesty, for her openness, and just being able to share how you have worked in her life and just um, for being able to just give her the words to pour out in her columns, in her speaking, in her podcast, in her books. We just pray that you would continue to bless her with just vision for the next steps that you would um, just speak through her and just give her those words that she needs to just um, encourage women to point them to you and for just all of the details of this big shift in her ministry and, and creation of a whole new website. I, I know that there are so many moving parts behind the scenes and we know that you know exactly where they are and where, where they're going and what needs to be done. We pray for your provision in every single way for the details and the logistics. We pray that you would help her just to continue to have energy, to have motivation and drive, even when things start to get, um, I know during these kinds of transitions, things can start to just feel overwhelming. And um, sometimes the, the, a little bit tedious with all the busy work that goes into it. Just, we just pray in Jesus name, you give her, equip her with everything she needs, e equip her with the people that, that will surround her and do the things that she doesn't um, feel able to do and, and just open the doors for this new shift in her ministry to reach even more women than she could ever have imagined. And we just pray your blessing on her home, on her marriage, on her family. We just pray that her ministry would be truly anointed and that she would just walk in that anointing, that she would just walk in connection, that her heart and her mind would be completely connected and, and just tethered to you, God. And we just thank you for all that you're doing in her and for this new season that you've um, placed in front of her. Just go before her, walk beside her, guard behind her in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show. And we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.